It's Monday, the 1st of March, first day of autumn. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Shane, Lee, how was your weekend? Fantastic weekend, Timmy. Had my dad's 70th birthday around my brother Brett's house and... Um, my dad loves Elvis, so he got, he got an Elvis impersonator to come in, so we're was, was singing Elvis songs all afternoon. It was, good. it was a great weekend. <laughs> oh, one for the money. All right, we've got a cracking show today. AFL champion Corey McKernan, and of course, all eyes on Bathurst on the weekend with the Bathurst 500, our motorsport man, John Thompson. So much anticipation about this young teenager, Shane. Joseph Suwali in the rugby league, of course. The Roosters have signed him. He played for North, which is their feeder club against Canberra, scored the first try. Uh, there is a fascination, isn't there, when these young teenagers hit the scene. It even went live on TV. Yeah, mate. And um, particularly when it's a 17-year-old kid who is in a man's body. Look, the guy has some serious pace. He's, he's got height. He's strong. He looks like could be the future of, of rugby league. Early call at this stage, but um, yeah, the Roosters have got their hands firmly on this kid, and um, I think he'll do well under their administration. It's not always easy, is it? Early on uh, in in a young career, you've uh, you've got to tread carefully. We've seen a lot of players come forward, and it hasn't quite worked out. No, it hasn't, mate, and um, and that's the thing. But uh, look, I think the Roosters, particularly. Um, with their coaching staff, we'll, we'll do the right thing uh, with this kid. But um, yeah, he still is seventeen. He's um, he's straight out of school, out of King's School. So um, they'll, they'll be watching this kid. But look, he looks a goods to me. He's um, as I said, he, he's got pace, he's got height and um, and strength, and he can only get better. Great to see rugby league go country again with the Charity Shield in Mudgee. What do you think of uh, South's Dragons? I know you're a St George Lawara man. Yeah, Timmy, I think it's going to be a long season for the Dragons, mate. That uh, they were down by quite a lot. At half time, but look, showed some some glimpses of um of a little bit of uh I suppose um great teamwork in the second half. But uh, yeah, the Souths look good. They're, they've they've come out strong, and um but as I said, mate, it could be a long season for uh, the the big red V, mate. Yeah, we're going to talk to John Thompson on the show today, but boy, it was good. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of uh, the supercars on the weekend and, and crowds back at Mount Panorama. But it had it all, didn't it? It was it was fantastic to watch. It was um, yeah, plenty of action, a few crashes. Uh, uh, no one was hurt, thank thank goodness. But uh, having the crowds there really added to the atmosphere, and um, yeah, it felt like a bit of normality starting to happen back in sport, which was uh, which was great. And look, this is an interesting one because you mentioned how Ian Chapel said they've got to get rid of Finch. Have they got this 2020 side right, the one they've picked for New Zealand? Look, you, you mentioned with Sean Abbott last week the difficulty of an all-rounder trying to play all forms. Mm. It's not always easy for selectors to get it right, and some have questioned whether they've actually gone on form well enough here. No, they've sort of gone on form a little bit, but then they've just picked the, the standard names. Look, I think the bowls are right. I think Kane Richardson and Jai Richardson um, are two very good fast bowlers, and I think Zamp is doing a great job as spinner. But the batting order seems to be all wrong. I'm a big fan of Josh Philippi. He's had two really good big bash series now in a row, but he opens the batting, and we're batting him at number three. Um, you know, he's obviously making room for the captain and vice-captain in Wade and Finch at the top there. Maxwell looks terribly out of form, Stoinis, but Marsh scored runs first one day, and... Um, and then they put him right down to number, I think, number eight in, in the second game. So, look, they're, they're jumbling the order around. But uh, I think, like the state of origin last year, you've got to pick players in their correct positions. And the same goes with cricket. 
And what about the pitch? A lot of my English mates are blowing. Oh, it was a terrible pitch. It was garbage at Ahmedabad for that second test. Uh, there's been quite a bit of fallout. Of course, the fourth test starts this week, and England still have this opportunity to square the series. Uh, but, um, look, they didn't play well, did they? I mean, the pitch has got a lot to do with it, or got something to do with it. It has, but uh, the first four wickets that fell were all to straight balls. They didn't even turn off the spinners. So um, I just think they've just got in their mind that the, the wicket's being doctored. When you go in with that mindset, you're going to struggle. And uh, yes, England, uh, they, they played beautifully well um, for the first test uh, and the first innings of the second test. They've got to really turn it around now, but I can't see how that's going to happen after uh, capitulating for 82. Well, it's fantastic that we've got sports swirling around, the rugby league and the AFL about to come back, the cars racing. We've got cricket in New Zealand and India this week. It's a huge week. Coming up, Corey McKernan looks at the AFL and, of course, Tiger Woods. Time to talk AFL and we can almost feel it. Trial games and, of course, some fantastic quality AFLW. And our man, two-time premiership player for the Kangaroos, is Corey McKernan. Hey, Corey. Morning, boys. How are you going? Corey, let's start with the uh, with the AFLW. Particularly the Richmond girls got to sing the team song, which is fantastic. Yeah, they did. Finally, after 11 games that they've been in the history of the, the competition, it's been a hell of a long time in the... The girls finally got to uh, sing that famous Richmond song. They blew the cats away early, and <laughs> yeah, they they got to sing the mighty yellow and black theme song the other night. It's good quality football too, isn't it, Corey? I'm really enjoying it. Ah, uh, yeah, they are. And look, the ladder is actually really jam packed at the moment. There's a there's a lot of um, teams that are having great years, and Collingwood defeated Melbourne, so the Pies are sitting on top of the ladder at the moment. They're five zip, and there's a there's a whole range of teams sitting at four and one. The other one that had a really good win was the Lions. They beat Fremantle, and Fremantle had an 11 game winning streak going. So to go over to Perth, as we all know, to jump on that plane and head over mm-hmm. there and and have a great win like they did in the heat, the the Lions girls, you know, what I mean, had one of the better wins of the weekend. Hey, Corey, we spoke a little bit about uh, last week, saying that the Melbourne people have been starved, and particularly of watching AFL live. We're currently sitting at fifty percent capacity for crowds. That'd mean fifty thousand for the season opener. Yeah, I know it's interesting <laughs> when you think about it that we're we're only going to have fifty thousand there. But I tell you what, the noise that'll come out of the yeah. MCG when uh, the Richmond Richmond and uh, Carlton. You know, I mean, get it on in front of only 50,000. We'd love to have 90 or 100, but I think we're all looking forward to that round one. But I'm sort of a little bit, um, I temper my enthusiasm because uh, as much as we've got a fixture at the moment, I think all you guys out there should keep an eye on. I mean, remember, WA have still got these border restrictions that remain in place. So they're Mm -hmm. causing havoc with the AFLW and I know with the AFL as well that they're really keeping an eye on, I mean, that fixture that we've done at the moment may only be relevant for round one. So we could be, uh, we could be adjusting very quickly, but look on the crowds thing, I I can't wait to see even 50,000 at the G, the noise that'll come out between those arch rivals will be fantastic. And you know it in AFL, when you say you can get 50% at a game like that, you are going to get bang on 50%. People will show up, you know. It, uh, it's it's one of the great things about AFL, the crowds. Think of it this way, Tim, that by last reckoning, I think the Tigers have got 100,000 members mm. and Carlton, I think, have just 
beaten their membership record. I think they're up around 65, 70,000. So 170,000 doesn't go into 50,000. No, it doesn't. Um, let's talk about Danaher now. He impressed on the weekend. Yeah, it just goes to show when a, when a player is clearly happy and in a pretty good headspace, he kicked four goals three in the practice match, albeit against the Suns were a little bit undermanned. But look, to be able to give them that that great target down forward, look, again, I'll, I'll temper my enthusiasm a little bit with, with Joey. It's like I said, it's great to see him in a, in a, in a great headspace, but I want to see how he's going to manage his body through the year because over the last few years, he hasn't been able to get through the entire season. So it's all great. We're sitting here we are on the 1st of March and uh, let's hope by you know, I mean, July, August, and most importantly, they want him like that up and running in September. Yeah. So he's really going to have to put a lot of effort into his preparation and, and really monitor, do all the, the little things very, very well in order for his body to get through the rigours of an AFL season. Yeah, the first days of autumn, there's, there's rich anticipation. Every team's on top of the comp. There hasn't been a, a ball kicked in anger. But one thing we have noted as well, Corey, over the weekend, I always enjoy this. We saw it in the rugby league with Benji Marshall now in a Rabbitohs jersey. We see a few other players coming in in the AFL in different types of jerseys, uh, having moved clubs. Yeah, well, the most notable one I think was uh, was Jeremy Cameron. Like that was mm. the. You know, I mean, you talk about there's a couple of teams this year that when you're really looking at it, they're, they're premiership or bust. And the, and and the two that I'd I'd probably put in that category, the way that they've loaded up, even maybe. Uh, last year and this year, probably West Coast Eagles with with Tim Kelly. They sold the farm. Um, but as someone said the other day, Geelong then on sold the farm and then they, they got Jeremy Cameron for there. So they're the two teams that f- for mine have really in the last few years, you know, I mean, really gone out and sold the farm. And you know, I mean, seeing Jeremy Cameron, how that's going to work with like Tom Hawkins and Dangerfield, I mean, the, the Cats for mine are probably the premiership favourites. Mate, let's look at uh, look golf quickly. Um, you're seeing uh, some nice support for Tiger Woods over the weekend. Everyone's dressing with the red shirts and the, and the black pants. Yeah, they are. it's a pretty pretty nice touch by all the guys on the US tour. And just look, news on Tiger is that it's amazing that what, what were we? I think this time last week, he'd only just done an interview with Jim Nance at the Genesis Open, which is his golf tournament there. And he was, it was after his fifth back operation. And, and that was big enough. Little did we know that, you know, I mean, what was to happen 24 hours later. And the news is that he won't walk for at least three months. Um, so, you know, I mean, look, the great thing is Tiger's still with us and he can still have an enormous impact on the game of golf but look as you mentioned I thought it was fantastic all the players on on mm. the PGA Tour and the seniors tour even Phil one of his uh, nearly one of his arch rivals I saw Phil lobbed up to the tournament now tr- Phil usually traditionally wears all black on Sunday I saw he was sporting a little bit of red underneath so it's great to see even Phil supporting his old mate yeah and look you can't write him off, can you? Look, he's had uh, some horrendous leg injuries, but like he's had the surgery and, as you mentioned, uh, how he will recuperate. But when you think of what Ben Hogan did, and I know we're winding the clock back a long way to 1949, but he had this horrendous accident, one of the most famous names in golf. He, he, he was left for dead by a lot of people, didn't think he was going to survive, blood clots, sternums, leg injuries. He'd come back and won the 1950 US Open. He's the kind of sports person who is close to impossible to write off. Oh, look, 
I think the only thing I would say about that, though, Tim, is that it seems like the injuries that Tiger is accumulating is if you rattled off the injuries he's had from his back and then now with his um, with his legs, you would have thought that he played NFL, not not yeah. golf. So, look, all, like I said, yeah, I mean, we just want to see him back that he's healthy. He's got, you know, I mean, he's got young kids. And who knows, he can have an impact on Charlie, his uh, his son, and, and get involved in his golf golfing career. Uh, Corey, what's the latest with uh, Walk With Me? Are you getting the Barmy Army involved? Through Walk With Me, uh, look, we created that to help you know, I mean, people with their uh, sort of physical and, and mental fitness. And, yeah, we, we created it during the pandemic in Melbourne, and then I reached out to my, my friends at the Barmy Army, and knowing that they're still going through lockdown in England, and now we're, yeah, we're, we basically create some walks with the Barmy Army as well that'll be in a nice way, Shane. So, um, look, for all, all the details, I can go to walk with me online, and you can ju- join us via a Zoom walk, and uh, I'm sure there'll be – a, a nice bit of healthy banter between us. Yeah, and we're really hopeful, aren't we, that we can actually get some of them here. Uh, it seems a long way, doesn't it? Like, things are, are normalising quite well here in Australia. Numbers are dropping in the UK, but uh, wouldn't it be fantastic for this Ashes series? What a celebration over summer it would be is if, if we could see a lot of English come here after the, the ordinary time that they've had. I think even for, for our boys that, you know, I mean, usually probably dread the the England fans at some times, but I think that it'd be music to a lot of players' ears to to hear a full MCG or SCG or any of the grounds around Australia, to hear that buzz of the ashes and, and the noise and the colour and the crowd, I think would be fantastic. It's what we all need. Mate, definitely, mate. They uh, they did give it to me over particularly when I played over in England, but uh, they are they, they are one hell of a crowd to, to play in front of. Their um, they don't stop singing from ball one right right to the last ball of the day. So it's always good fun. Did they, did they have a song for you, Shana, or did you, did you, did Six and Out break into a Barmy Army song? Uh, there's something something about being blonde and bent or something I don't know, but probably. Uh, <laughs> Probably not the right show to talk about. Anyway. Oh, it can be. We're, 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 open. we're open to all <laughs> topics. Corey, good to chat with you, buddy. And uh, we'll, we'll talk real soon. That Walk With Me initiative are fantastic, of course. Uh, mental health is a huge issue, and it has been particularly uh, through and after COVID-19. So that kind of work that you're doing is really helping. Thanks, boys. Coming up on the show, John Thompson breaks down a few big days in Bathurst. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com It was great to see the supercars in Bathurst on the weekend, the Bathurst 500. A little bit of fruit out of season because we don't usually see it this time of year, but John Thompson is our motorsport man. Just wonderful to have crowds back, mate. Oh, terrific. It really looked great up at Bathurst on the weekend. Still not huge crowds because people aren't quite used to going to Bathurst in you know, the last weekend in February. Um, but, of course, it was a, a switch around because next year the opening round will be the Newcastle Street Circuit. Of course, mm. with COVID situation still um, a bit uncertain, it was easier to do it at a permanent track. They had to deal with the New South Wales government to have the opening round in New South Wales. Um, so Bathurst was the obvious obvious choice, but it was great racing. Um, some really um, interesting form guides for the year ahead. Obviously Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, a dominant force all weekend with some great strategy from the Triple Eight Holden Red Bull team, um, but also just 
some brilliant driving as well. So um, Cam Waters was a bit, um, what can I say, unlucky in many ways. Um, you know, he uh, he was overfilled by just two litres um, in the pit stop in the second race, the first pit stop, and that cost him half a second. He'd led Shane Van Gisbergen quite well going into that pit stop, um, and that half second cost him because he came out of the pits in front of Shane Van Gisbergen, but Van Gisbergen had the, the momentum up the hill, warmer tyres, was able to get in front of him, get some clean air and win the race pretty easily. And, of course, Shane Van Gisbergen also had a pretty strong win on Saturday. So he goes into round two at Sandown in a few weeks' time uh, with a strong lead in the championship. Hey, John, I read about this. Um, is it pronounced LeBrock? He, he lost feeling in his foot during the race. What's that all about? Jack LeBrock. Um, yeah. Yeah. 28-year-old, um, one of the, the Tickford Racing Mustang drivers. He had a very badly burnt foot on Saturday in the race because uh, the pedal box on the floor of his Mustang was quite hot and it wow. burned his foot. He woke up on Sunday morning with dreadful blisters and um, uh, the doctor, the medical doctor for supercars, uh, Dr. Carl Lee, he treated the foot, gave him antibiotics and wrapped it up. But he said it was the pain was almost unbearable in race two midway through uh he battled on um and picked up the points he goes to Sandown mm. in the top 10 of the championship and hopefully with no long-term uh injuries to that foot the right foot so uh yeah it was a, a brave effort uh maybe some maybe some maybe said silly but yeah. uh you know he he um he's really wanting to get a, a strong season in here LeBrock came to the Tickford team as a real uh youthful uh, prodigy and uh you know he i think um he's got a lot of talent he just needs to show it in in what is the um the best of the ford teams uh clearly with cam waters showing the pace up there on the weekend uh the djr ford mustang team didn't quite have what it took mm. um will davison made a couple of errors uh, and i think the big uh, factor at uh, team djr uh, this year will be the fact that um, there's no Scott McLaughlin. It really showed. Mm, absolutely. And look, we don't like to use the word heartbreak too much. And if we do use it, we like to explain it. I, I, I want to say sporting heartbreak because it always happens at Bathurst. There's always a, a car that doesn't quite get going or has an accident. And there was plenty of that on the weekend. The most notable in my memory, of course, was Dick Johnson and The Rock. Absolutely. And um, in some ways, uh, Tim Slade, showed that on Saturday in Saturday's race with five laps to go. He was battling for the final podium position with Will Davison, uh, the two Mustangs. Uh, Tim Slade in a brand-new team uh, run by Tim Blanchard, Cool Drive. Uh, he sat last year's championship out, um, ran as a co-driver in the Enduros. Um, quite a prodigious talent, Tim Slade, when he, when he gets the act together and the car together. And they looked like they really had a package. He was on the front row of the grid on second grid spot uh, for Saturday's race, looked in a strong position all, all uh, through the 40-lap race, and then with five laps to go, he just um, had a little error coming down into Forest Elbow, clobbered the wall so hard they couldn't fix the car overnight, and they put it on the truck and took it back to Melbourne. Um, but he was just so disconsolate on Saturday afternoon. He just had his head in his hands the whole time. A brand-new team. They showed so much promise, and yet, with five laps to go, he um, he put it into the wall, and that uh, really destroyed. Hopefully, not his season, but certainly the first round for them. 
John, uh, Timmy mentioned at the start, it's a little bit unusual to have Bathurst in February, March. But so where, where to from now from the racing? Well, they head to Sandown in three weeks' time. Another fill-in race, if you like, because, of course, uh, they were going to have round two of the championship at the uh, Australian Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne. But, of course, that's not happening until November now. So Sandown, again, a permanent circuit uh, that they could they can uh, ring fence, if you like, and, and, and secure. Um, that's going to be round two. Always uh, popular with um, with supercar fans. Some great racing there. Very fast straights and uh, very challenging circuit. And uh, we're looking forward to going there. Finally, uh, I remember many, many years ago covering Bathurst with you. What, what was it like? What was what was this one like? Obviously, it's not your traditional Bathurst race in October, but what what was the uh, the experience for you like? Um, well, funnily enough, I've been up there just about every year when they've run the twelve hour races, which haven't run, uh, didn't run this year, and didn't run last year because of the um, of the COVID crisis. But it was a similar feel: smaller crowds, very hot weather, um, great great surroundings. The, you know, with all the rain we've had, uh, Bathurst just looks a picture at the moment. So there was some atmosphere, not as much atmosphere as clearly the Bathurst 1000. But then again, last October, we only had 3,000 people at Mount Panorama. So there was a bit of atmosphere lacking then too. Um, uh, you know, look, we're all looking forward to having, you know, proper crowds back at uh, all sporting events, not just supercars. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Certainly looking forward to uh, going back to Bathurst in October because that is the, the pinnacle of the, of the championship year. John, no injuries to your feet, mate? Not, did you do any on the dance floor up there? Uh, not on the dance floor, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Climbing the stairs to go to the media centre, look. The ham and eggs are a bit bit uh, tight this morning. I'll tell you what, I find it hard just walking on terra firma, some of the injuries I've pulled just living. But John Thompson, it's always a treat. We'll talk real soon. Thanks, John. Take care, mate. Good on you, guys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to John Thompson and to Corey McKernan and our sponsors, Shane. Yeah, wonderful sponsors at Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And the man that puts it all together, our producer, Dan McHugh. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.